Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Everyone, so I'm super excited because today I have Kim from the Frugal Engineers. So her and her husband reached financial independence in their 30s through self-employment and freelancing. They recently moved to Wyoming with their daughter to retire early from engineering. Hey Kim, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. So your story is so super interesting to me, first of all, um, because, you know, part of my goal is to be debt-free by 30, and here you are, you did it. (laughs) Um, So I just want to talk a little bit about how you did it. Um, I know we talked while, before we hit record, and the importance of living below your means. So while you were working on your debt, you were living on one income while technically having three. So just walk us through that. Like, how did that work? Okay. So when my, I met my husband in grad school and when we got our first full-time jobs, um, we moved in together and we agreed that eventually one day we would want to start a family and I would be home with the kids. So we said, let's set ourselves up right now with our finances such that we're living off of only one of our paychecks So that way we wouldn't miss one later. Um, And we set it up off the smaller of the paychecks, which at the time was mine. Um, And so what that meant was we took all of his paycheck and used it to pay off um, any any debt that we had. And it took us a, a couple of years to pay off. We had credit cards, um, I had student loans, I had a car payment, (laughs) and so kind of one of each flavor of debt, right? Um, And we celebrated paying off my student loans when we took a trip to the beach, and that's where he proposed to me, and um, that was kind of, that was the big celebration, right? Like, we're debt-free now, this is awesome, but what it meant was you know, to live off of the smaller of our two incomes, we had to do things a little bit differently because, you know, if you take a new college grad and you give them a $75,000 salary, it's really easy to go out and buy a nicer car and live in an apartment downtown by yourself and have a, a different kind of lifestyle that we were trying to have. And we rented this tiny little one bedroom, one bathroom, um, house that you could vacuum from one outlet it was so small oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it kept our rent really low and it allowed me to ride my bike to work so I didn't have to use my car very much um, and you know we packed our lunch we meal planned those kind of things my husband drove his car from high school for so many years that his manager started to tease him like do we not pay you enough <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, we, we took a lot of road trip vacations. We, we just kind of kept living that simple, you know, college student lifestyle for, for a couple of years. And um, I, I don't know, I guess it, it kind of worked out for us. But another reason why we were so intent on living on one of our incomes was we graduated right after the recession. Mm. Um, 
and we were work, we were both working in fields that had had big layoffs. So we knew that we we really couldn't risk having a lifestyle that needed both of us to work full time all the time. Right. Right. And I know like before we got on, you introduced me to a new term um, and that's geographic arbitrage. Right. So part of what you're saying, like your story is that you kept your expenses low. So if you can just explain what that is, because I think it's an excellent idea. Hey, it's me, Tiffany. If you're enjoying this episode of Money Talk with Tiff, I invite you to join me live in Greensboro for three workshops in January. They're all centered around investing because that's a topic that I love talking about. So if you want to join me, you can visit www.moneytalkwitht.com forward slash events. Again, that's moneytalkwitht.com forward slash events. See you there. Now let's get back to the episode. (laughs) so geographic arbitrage it it, it's a kind of a fancy way to say moving to a place that's more affordable right and we we graduated in california and we did the math we looked at what our starting salaries would be and what rent was in the san francisco area and i even talked to um, girls who had graduated a year before me and they were living four girls in a two bedroom apartment in San Francisco and still not being able to take vacations and things like that. And, you know, we decided we don't want to have that tight of a budget. We want to have a little bit more breathing room so that we could do fun things and save to buy a home and that kind of stuff. So the first time we moved for a lower cost of living was right after we graduated like three quarters of graduates from our school stayed in California and we went to Orlando, Florida instead um, where Orlando was a pretty affordable place at the time. We were able to buy a house in our twenties and, you know, live pretty well. And people say, well, the salaries are so much higher in California to make up for the cost of living, but we did not actually see that ourselves like the the difference in the take-home pay you're still coming out ahead in a place like Florida because you don't have state income tax that was a huge huge um, leg up that we had is that we were able to start our careers and start building wealth without the state income tax drag right right that's so important because if you think about like for instance here in North Carolina we have state income tax and every paycheck they're taking you know of course depending on how much you're making but it's quite a bit um so all of that adds up definitely adds up I remember when I had my first job in Florida um to avoid layoffs the manager said we're going to give everyone a five percent pay cut And people were groaning and griping, but I did the math and I said, well, this pretty much means I can't go out to eat, right? Because that, that was, that represented about 5% of my paycheck. Mm. So I said, okay, I still can put a roof over my head and that kind of stuff. I just can't go out to restaurants. And then they did it again and they, (laughs) they dropped another 5%. I ended up leaving that job within six months because it was, it, it was pretty tenuous, that employment situation. And, um, but to think that it was so hard for me to give up that 5% and then another 5%, well, that's state income taxes right there, right? Mm-hmm. When we lived in Oregon for two years, the state income taxes were up to 9.9%. 
that's, wow. that's a huge chunk out of your paycheck, right? Wow. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> Here I am complaining about North Carolina, but I know we're not <laughs> up there. <laughs> right. So we, we didn't stay in Oregon very long. And I got to say, when we moved to Oregon, um, we wanted a different kind of lifestyle than we had in Orlando. We wanted to get out of the big city and um, have more hiking and skiing and things like that with our daughter. And we really didn't think about the price at the time because we were making good money. We had our own businesses. We were debt free. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a couple of cycles of payroll <laughs> where you're the one writing the check as you're the business owner and you're sending thousands of dollars here, thousands of dollars there. And we said, we can't, we can't keep this up. You know, we're not thriving here. And, uh, I guess, it, it really helped us reset because we ran the numbers and we said, if we look at all of our expenses and our cost of living and the taxes that it would, um, that we would need to pay to be able to retire here eventually. And we weren't even talking early retirement. We're just talking traditional retirement. It, it would be an extra couple thousand dollars a year. And we said, everything else you know, at this point, we'd been investing in our 401ks and IRAs for over a decade. And we said, you know, we're already at the point where we could be financially independent if it weren't for state income taxes. And that's what sparked us to go visit the majority of the income tax free states this year and decide to move again to Wyoming. Nice, nice. So in total, how much debt did you both pay off? I think it was about 200, oh goodness, um, yeah, about $220,000. <laughs> and here I am complaining. <laughs> That's amazing. That is so awesome. So part of the, one of the important part of your stories is that you all do some freelancing. So freelancing is something that I just started dabbling in. Um, so now I've been doing like freelance writing, but some of my audience, I'm sure they're interested in how the whole freelance thing works. So how did you all get started into freelancing? So my husband and I were both engineers and we worked for these big companies that would, you know, pay you by the hour and then they would charge their clients three times that rate, right? So Mm -hmm. if your salary was $60,000, you're taking home $30 an hour and they're charging the client $100 an hour for your time. So Mm -hmm. it's set up a lot like the way lawyers do their billing, right? And we did the math and we said, wow, we could we could do this ourselves. Like, you know, as far as managing our health insurance plan and bookkeeping and the things that you pay your employer through that multiplier to do for you, we could take that on ourselves. Like we weren't afraid of a little bit more work. And so two years after we graduated, we'd been working full time and I was at a conference where I met a woman who needed some help in my specialty right which was sustainable buildings and she said it's all online um it's projects all over the world but we're just flooded with work because it was a it was a big boom in the industry at the time she said we really need to bring on people with your credentials that you have and i said yeah i want to try it out because i was in love with the industry and i 
I said, it, to me, it was something I would have done for free as an educational experience, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out it was a really good match. And I've been working for her since 2011. So it's been a long time. Um, And it got to the point where I was working two jobs. So I had my full-time engineering day job. And then I would come home and work like 20, 30 hours a week, nights and weekends, doing this online stuff. And I used to tell my friends, because they'd say, "You, you don't have a life, right? And I said, well it's fun for me. Like, I feel like I'm getting paid to do homework in my favorite class. And I was, I'm just a nerd. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm always going to be a nerd. But, um, so after two years of working both jobs, uh, my husband and I passed our engineering exam and we got our professional licenses. And the same day we found out we passed the exam, I found out I was pregnant with our daughter. Mm-hmm. So that was on a Friday and I came in the following Monday and quit my job. And so I've been fully self-employed since 2013. Nice. And uh, it, it, I guess my recommendation, you know, for people who want to try freelancing and try, you know, doing their own thing is if you could find a way to rent your brain back to your employer doing the same thing, but on a contract basis, you know, it might look a little bit differently than the way you work now. Like you don't have to go to meetings and things like that. Um, that's a good way to start because the bread and butter of the work you're doing is the same as what you've been used to, right? It's not like a doctor who's going to learn social media marketing overnight, right? If you stay in the field that you're trained in already, that's the easiest, I think the easiest intro into freelancing because then you can learn the nuts and bolts of how to do bookkeeping for a small business and things like that. Right. And I don't think anybody's going to complain about not going to meetings. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds like a plus. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say there's, there's definitely like, I think sometimes about the, the parallels between full-time work compared to college, because when I was in college, if you finished your work early, like if you finished a test early, you didn't have to sit and wait for everyone else to finish, right? You turn in your test and you leave. And to me, that was the opposite of my day job experience where it was put your butt in a seat for 40 hours, right? And so that's the thing I enjoy the most about self-employment is being able to if I, if I work efficiently and I get my stuff done before lunch, I have the whole rest of the day to do what I want to do. Amen. <laughs> I love the flexibility that being self-employed gives me. Cause like every day I'm available when my kids get off the bus and I used to not be able to do that. And it's just, they're so excited when they see me every day and I'm like, darn, I should have did this a long time ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, I completely agree. It's life changing. And even though it's difficult, like it's really hard. Um, I've talked about this a lot lately. Um, how hard being an entrepreneur is or a small business owner, but it's so fulfilling that, you know, it's worth it, at least to me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It would take, you know, my husband and I sometimes think, what would it take for us to go back to a full-time job? And we've entertained, you know, options over the years through contacts that we had before we left. 
and there's just nothing. There's no, um, I guess there's, there's nothing that would draw us to go back to work full time again, just because we've, we've proven that we can make a living self-employed and, you know, we know what our options are and we have backup plans and backup plans. And yeah, the value of that freedom with your time is just so important to us. And that doesn't mean that we don't work hard. Like, (laughs) you know, that that first, that first year when I was self-employed, I was still working 60 hours a week because I was building my brand and networking and, um, you know, building my own processes that, I had to come up with all on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot less now. Like I don't work 60 hours a week now, but you know, in the beginning, I guess it's sort of like anything you, you put in a lot of hard work up front and that investment of your time and then it compounds over time and then kind of takes care of itself later. Exactly. And I mean, to me, that's priceless. It's, it's priceless for me. So there's one more thing I want to hit on. So you are, well, you and your husband are about to be retired. What? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you never tell a lady's age, but you all are in your thirties. (laughs) And, um, I just think that is so amazing. Like definitely an inspiration for me. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before you got on and you were like, probably before the end of the year, you will be retired. How does it feel? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, it's something that I, sometimes I just kind of sit and have to process it (laughs) to think like, wow, this might actually be done. This might actually be over, but you know, we're not planning on sitting around. Right. So when I, when I talk about retirement, I guess I think of it as like retirement from full-time engineering and you know, we both still have a lot of things that we want to do and those things happen. Some, some of them make money and some of them don't. So um, for example, I really want to be a group fitness instructor. I, I did it for a couple of years when my daughter was little, but then my business really took off and I had to kind of put it on the back burner. And it's something that I've fallen in love with here in Wyoming. We have a great studio here and the community is awesome. And I really want to get back into it, but it's not really something that you can give yourself permission to spend time on when you need to have a full-time job, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or like another thing I've always wanted to do is to be a teacher at a university, like a, not a professor because I don't have a PhD, mm-hmm. but just a, a part-time, you know, rotating lecturer. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something that I also couldn't fit in if I had a full-time job. So there's a lot of things that we do to keep ourselves busy as far as volunteering at school and things like that, that, you know, I, I have a lot of things on my retirement to-do list <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I'm, I guess I kind of feel like if you're the kind of person who, um, is super focused on a goal and you're, you know, really ambitious about your future, it's really hard to go from a hundred miles an hour to zero just in, in an instant. Right. And I'm not saying it's, um, a bad idea to take a vacation or sabbatical, take some time off, but, um, you know, for, for decades of our lives, my husband and I have been hard workers and, you know, high achieving people. And to give that up, it's a big part of our personality. So we still want to be doing stuff. It's just going to be different stuff. 
And, you know, when I was at the financial firm, um, that was my last job before I quit in August, um, we had a saying, we would tell our clients, make sure you're retiring to something, not from something. So uh, make sure that when you retire, you have something else to do, Um, especially when it comes to older clients, because if, if you sit still too long, then, you know, your health starts suffering and things like that. So we definitely push that. So thank you so much, Kim, for coming on. That was awesome. <laughs> thank you. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about you, follow your journey? So we write about our story at thefrugalengineers.com. And we talk about early retirement, financial independence. We talk about what our cost of living is and the difference between living in Wyoming versus other places. And yeah, all those fun details. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I will definitely have that link in the show notes for the listeners. And again, thank you. This was awesome. Very inspiring. I am living vicariously through you until I turn 30 and then I'm joining you. (laughs) But I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.